When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Guitar nerds are teaming up with Music Nomad. Since 2010, Music Nomad Equipment Care has been making premium and innovative guitar care products used and trusted every day by top guitar repair shops, guitar makers and touring techs in over 40 countries. Pro quality but affordable, Music Nomad is also the go-to for countless guitar players around the globe to help their guitars look, sound and play their best. Whether changing strings, setting up your guitar or de Detailing every inch of your gear, Music Nomad products are designed and engineered to be best in class. From top to bottom, each product is so well thought out and it's clear their passion for guitar care is unmatched. With over 75 industry-leading products, it's hard to talk about them all, but some of the favourites are the 100% natural fretboard oil that cleans and conditions your fingerboard like no other. The Guitar Tech tool sets can adjust just about everything on a guitar, string-changing tools that make changing strings a breeze and actually fun. And last but not least, they demystified the guitar setup process by developing their new innovative Keep It Simple Setup, aka KISS for guitar setups. Make sure you check out what all the buzz is around Music Nomad as they are truly redefining and raising the bar in equipment care. Learn more at musicnomadcare.com or follow them on social media at Music Nomad Care. Hello and welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast, the world's number one guitar podcast. I am your host, Joe Branton, joined this week by Matt Knight. Hello there. And Naomi McLeod. Hello, hi. Hello, hi indeed. Hello and welcome to you both. And welcome back, dear listener. Welcome to another episode, the 45th, in fact, in season two of the Guitar Nerds Podcast. Of course, season one went on for six years and is you know however many season two start oh, yes. uh, at the start of, of last year so this is we're near we've only got three episodes i think three 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 episodes left two or three episodes left of season two and then it'll be season three because of course this season's going to finish around the start of december then we're going to have gear of the year that's not part of the season that's its own thing and then you know there's a couple of weeks off everyone you'll get a break and then We'll be back with season three for January. New look, some new hosts, new stuff. It's going to be great. I'm excited about season three, but uh, yeah, we'll see. It's, you know, the difficult season. It's like the difficult third album. The difficult third season. Uh, yeah, I guess. You know, do, yeah. Do, you go, do you go like Radiohead and create mm-hmm. possibly mm-hmm. one of the greatest albums of all time? 
or uh-huh. do you go a bit like the Rocky killers? Three? Rocky Three, <laughs> not the best Rocky, probably. <laughs> Other than five, probably the worst. But <laughs> Sylvester Stallone, in he was in the best shape in Rocky Three. He was lean, you know. He was right. just he was a bit of a he was a bit of a brawler, a street brawler in Rocky One and Two. In Three, he was he was tanned and he had tightly muscled. You know. Very very different to Terminator Three, where Arnie was in terrible shape and it was a absolutely terrible movie. Um, I. Yeah, not convinced Arnie's ever been in terrible shape, but yes, it wasn't. It wasn't the best film. No, it was no True Lies. We'll, we'll say we'll say that. No, yeah, that's, indeed, that is true. The most notable number three coming to me is Master of Puppets, which is a hill I will die on. Uh, 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 the, yeah, the Metallica album, the third Metallica album. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm very poorly educated on that band. I've, Really? Oh, have, yeah. Have you heard of Metallica? Well, They're, I have, um... <laughs> but I, I've never listened to them, you see. Like, I know, that there's, I know there's that one sandman song that people like, and that riff just... It Mr. just sandman. sounds like... It's, you, yeah, yeah like, you're either Mr. being so sandman. ironic, I can't no. tell how no, ironic no, no, you're being. No, okay. no, okay. I've just, nope, you know, fair. I just... It's okay. It's okay. Not, not, like, never been into metal, and so, and so Metallica passed me by. Maybe, maybe it is something I should get into. It's just the riff in, like, Sandman. If that's supposed to be their best song, I'm not sure there's anything to get into it's their best song to the masses though right. not to like not to those That's, who were yeah. kind of willing to delve backwards right. a little i mean like kill em all is like verging on verging on really raucous punk at times you know verging on kind of thrash like it's it sits very happily on the fringes of metal um and then master puppets was kind of the one where they really hit a pace with their with their sound, no, 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 no. You, you, yeah. Enter Sandman is not the not yeah, the song to start to start your Metallica journey with. I, I wasn't meaning um, to derail anything into Metallica talk. By no, the way, no, sorry. this is no. good. This is good. This is. I'm educating myself. You know, it was. Uh, I, I have listened to most of the Ethiopian jazz that's available on Spotify now. So I, <laughs> I need. You've to, worked your way all over Ethiopia. I've done. I've done, I've done that genre now. So I, I mm-hmm. need something new. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah, maybe sort of uh, origins metal is uh, is is the next avenue. I think yeah, um, absolutely. I think the thing is with Metallica, like I've 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 actually got back into them sort of fairly recently, having only been like you know the Kerrang days, early two thousands. You're scrolling through the music channel, and yet again, do you see music videos from from the Black Album? And yeah, like you say, Naomi, it's so. The, the stuff before that was so, I guess, in a way, uncommercial. <laughs> you yeah, know, absolutely. Like album, to- totally like, raw around the edges. Yeah, how do we make a commercial album? Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it sold, you know, hundreds of millions of copies. Well, maybe not hundreds, but tens of millions of copies. And, mm-hmm. yeah, you kind it of sold a billion peak. copies. A billion, a billion copies. copies. <laughs> it sold a billion copies. Yeah, I mean, they've... It's, it's sold so many copies that now Metallica have their own masterclass, which is how to be in a band, uh, which I well, find well, that absolutely is, hilarious. That one is a fact. That is a fact. Yeah. A yeah. billion copies was not a fact, by the way, Joe. Oh, oh right. Yeah. Good. But but one fact I can jump back in with is the bass playing in the first three albums. Cliff Burton's famous work, of course, is is well worth delving into for, 
for yourself as bassist. He, I mean, he he really went for the whole lead bass style. Ah, really? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And after his sad passing, Master of Puppets was the last he played on. Oh, so, was it right? Yeah. And then, mm-hmm. and then, who do they go? They go straight to uh, Trujillo. No. no, no, they went no. to Jason Newstead. Right. Up until. Matt, do you know what album Robert uh, joined? I was it Saint think, Anger. I no, yes. Yeah, so he left in I think the early two thousands. They mm. did, and they left before they started filming that documentary, Some Kind of Monster, which is where they were recruiting. That was Saint for, Anger. Yeah, that was for Saint Anger, and that's where they yeah. were recruiting, uh, obviously, a new bass player. Because the interesting thing with Jason yes. Newstead is the first album and Justice for All famously has like no bass on it. Mm-hmm. Even though Jason Newstead played bass, they basically mixed it all out of the album. <laughs> like, I wow. think it's, the story it's, goes... It's bizarre. Absolutely yeah. bizarre. I, th- I think Lars Ulrich basically didn't like Jason Newstead and decided to, like, gradually mix that frequency out of the mix. That's and, crazy. like, to this day, it's like, no, no, I didn't do that. But you listen to the record and it's like... No, there's, there's like I think there's even like interviews with the mix engineer being like, "You really want to cut this much bass out of it?" Um, the the legend has it, and uh, I can't presently remember the name of the producer or the engineer, but legend has it that either Lars or James Hetfield, like you're saying, Matt, when they were saying, "Are you sure you want this much cut out?" that the instruction given to them was mix it until you can barely hear the bass and then pull it down by another 3 dB. This is this is how much, <laughs> Joe, we're talking about the bass being mixed into Oblivion. Right, right. I see. That's, yeah, yeah. This, this, this sounds terrible. Although yeah. I'm having a fun time right now looking up Cliff Burton and uh, and Jason Newstead's uh, gear. Um, yeah. Cliff mm-hmm. Burton, I guess, I guess because we're talking about like Origins Metallica, like b- before all the sort of active rubbish and all those sort of awful, mm-hmm. you know, uh, flying k esp things that they will play now which is you know the number one reason i don't listen to them is anyone with pointy guitars just get out you look stupid but cliff burton Joe. yeah oh cliff God. burton gear absolutely wonderful looks like you know some rickenbacker 4001s mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. gibson ebos and, and you know some fantastic stuff um I'm into his selection of uh, instruments. You can see with Jason Newstead the sort of the progression, the the sort of the modernising there. He played a Warmoth DIY precision bass with a jazz neck. Apparently, that's uh, that's uh, that's what he used on tour, as well as a BC Rich Eagle Deluxe, which sounds you know, he, sort um, of more. He even had his own signature aria bass, which I was not aware of. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. 
There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Uh, oh, yes, the nine... Cliff Burton. Yeah, I'm looking yeah. at that now as well. £4,000 on Music Street at the moment for, wow. for one of those. Aria 2 Cliff Burton signature. But uh, obviously, his his most obviously one of his best ever sounds is the the distorted wah intro to "For Whom the Bell Tolls," which is obviously oh, it's just so good. It's got to be one of the Absolutely. best bass intros ever, I think, um, from a non yeah, cer- anyway. certainly iconic, iconic in its um, mm. in its uh, in its field. Oh, this this sounds exciting. This sounds like something I'm gonna I'm gonna try and dip my toes into. So yeah, yeah. I um I, I, I don't Naomi obviously being a, a, a I'm I'm guessing a relatively big Metallica fan, probably bigger than uh, than, than me. I, I sort of dip my toe in the Metallica water. Um, I mm. still can't get over that Lars Ulrich is basically not a very good drummer. <laughs> Every time I listen to it, I'm like, there's something about the way he hits the snare. He doesn't really ever sound like he's hit the way I think they've done the drum sound. Never sounds like he's hit the snare with any sort of like power. It no, always feels no. like it's really like limp and and like all yeah. of the like big snare fills and stuff. I'm like, it's so compressed. There's yeah. just no dynamics <laughs> whatsoever. Absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, I mean, for for full disclosure, I can't claim to still be up on my sort of Metallica factoids, but as a teenager and into my twenties, I was I was so. I was into Metallica so hard. Um, yeah, like I was absolutely massive fan, sort of like really, you know, obsessive, knew, knew everything, everything there was to know about certain things. Um, I wasn't, sadly, I wasn't as into gear then as I am now. And Joe, your quick Googling and searching of Cliff's gear is making me instantly want want to do that. But um, yeah, in terms of Lars as a drummer, yeah, there's some shocking business out there. I mean, there are, yeah, there are certain tunes you'd listen to, and it, it just sounds like he's he's accidentally hit the rim while meaning to hit the snare. <laughs> such such is the velocity that actually reaches the center of the drum head. Right. Um, yeah. In fact, famously, um, Joe, I'm sure you will remember this map but um famously Lars had to pull out of download one year um out of their headline set um and basically yeah basically pulled a no show at their at their headline set at, at download and Joey Jordison of Slipknot stepped in 
And oh, if fantastic you, drummer. Oh my! I mean, yeah, dearly departed now, of course, sadly. But um, yeah, if 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 you were to to maybe YouTube some of the videos from that set, it it is absolutely the best Metallica has ever sounded. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I think I wouldn't be the only Metallica fan to to really wish that Joey had played with them forevermore after that. Oh, mm. man, I see. Yeah, okay. not I, um, not many better players that could adept that gig. To be fair. I'll tell you what I did, Joe, to get back into the swing of Metallica, if you're, if you're kind of feeling that way. Um, put on one of their live shows, like their recent live, their live shows recently are obviously like massive. I think, what was it, in 2018, they were the highest earning band in the world. Like their tour earned more money than any other tour. Um and their live shows are really good. Obviously, they're like massive mm-hmm. stadium shows, but the the guitar sounds and everything is super tight. Their playing's like really tight. Um, there's a questionable bit in most of them where uh, Robert uh, Treo and uh, Kirk Hammett do like a solo, which is generally like awful. Um, you can skip that bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, skip that, skip bit. that bit. I mean, to be fair, listening to going back to listening to Metallica recently. It's all about James Hetfield. That man can play guitar like no one else and sing at the same time and basically keeps mm-hmm. everything together consistently. Yeah. Um, but well worth a band diving back into if you haven't listened to them recently, Joe. Yeah, yes. well, I've never ever listened to them. So, uh, yeah, I, I absolutely will. I'm, I'm excited by this. I've got a new thing, a new thing to check out. And dear listener, if you have any other suggestions, any other Metallica suggestions of things that I should uh, I should check out, live videos, anything like that, Please do let me know on the uh, on the Guitar Nerds group on Facebook. Now, uh, I guess we should talk about some. Uh, we should talk about some some gear, some guitar gear, and where where better to start really than uh, than gear of the year, which is you know it's not not occurred yet. Gear of the year is is a few weeks away yet, dear listener, but. Today, as we're recording this podcast, yesterday, if you're a Patreon backer, and the day before, if you're a regular listener, or at some point in the future, oh no, it's a rabbit hole. No, I'll stop there. Uh, <laughs> but yes, the, uh, um, the, the I posted on the Guitar Neds group on Facebook uh, uh, the first round, as it were, in the Guitar Nerds Podcast Gear of the Year Listener's Choice Award. Now, the first round is simply me saying, hey, there's a Listener's Choice Award. What things do you would you like to nominate? Because then everyone can just comment. So, you know, I've put that on Instagram, our Facebook group, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, it's on our Patreon. So you can go to any of those. Comment on that post and let me know what you think was the best piece of guitar gear, guitar, amp, effects pedal. I don't mind anything, a DAW, a plug-in, whatever. What you think was the best piece of guitar gear? Suggest several things if you want. In fact, that would be even better. Um, that's come out in 2021, so you will have to double-check that it's come out in 2021. But I find Premier Guitar and Music Radar are excellent sources of information for that sort of thing, if you just want to scroll back through those. Well, it's Isotope's Black Friday deals and they have really pushed the boat out this year with three incredible bundles of some of our favourite plugins. 
the Holiday Bundle at only $49. Includes ozone elements, neutron elements, RX elements, and nectar elements. Plus creative staples like Trash 2 and Iris 2. Legendary exponential audio reverbs like Phoenix Verb and R2. The plugins on their Todd would be around $1,300 US dollars. So this is literally unbelievable. If you don't use Isotope, this is a perfect place to start. Or you can elevate your production with the Isotope Holiday Bundle Platinum Edition. Upgrades include Ozone Standard, Neutron Standard, and now you can add industry-leading polish to your music alongside Nectar Elements and RX Elements, plus Trash 2, Iris 2, Stutter Edit 2, and more. Mix, master, repair, and create with ease using this versatile 11 plugin bundle. Over 1,800 US dollars in value for only 99 bucks. And finally, the Diamond Bundle upgraded to include Ozone Standard, Neutron Standard, Nectar 3 Plus, Neoverb, and RX Elements. All the stuff that we use to make this podcast. Get yourself the gift you really want this year. The Diamond Bundle offers over 2200 US dollars in value and all for just 149 bucks. Check out all of these deals and more over at isotope.com or follow links in the description of this podcast. Let me know what your um, what your favourites are, and then basically a couple of weeks from now, I'm going to collate all all the information from those, work out which products have been mentioned the most, and I'm going to put those into a poll. Uh, which everyone can vote on, and then we will, you know, we will be able to decide this year's gear of the year, well, listeners' choice gear of the year. That is, so it'll be interesting because I feel like it's been a muted year this year. Certainly, amplifiers have been virtually non-existent. We're we're actually combining amplifiers along with kind of um like uh ir things and uh multi-effects this year because there have been so few so it's a strange muted year i think it's almost you know i think in years past you've been like uh what's everyone's gear of the year and like 50 people immediately go music man mariposa you know or something like that but i realized when i was thinking about it it was like oh this year i'm not sure there's been like the thing you know every year sort of has a thing or a couple of things like this year, I think it's this is almost this listener's choice is going to be a really interesting example of that because I wonder how many products are even going to get more than a couple of mentions because it's you know it's just what have you liked we, you know there's been mm. no real big game changes this year unless I'm mm-hmm. forgetting something <clears throat> you know what do what do you guys think I think um, there has to be a sort of environmental factor at play and by environment I mean like the industry environment I think. Um, understandably, all manufacturers would have gone into 2020, all guns blazing, prepared for another great year of of releases, of marketing, of sales, etc. And then we were all blindsided by the pandemic. And I think we went into 2021 with with such uncertainty, particularly over live music. I think I, I think there surely has to have been a um, you know, a, a sort of residing hangover a little bit. So I I. Do wonder have have some manufacturers maybe held off on releases they mm. pitched for this year? Um, you know, obviously it would have been too late to maybe alter kind of production and stuff like that of of new product. But I I do wonder maybe have um ha- has that been a factor on on I, what I, I would agree has has been a muted and an unusual year, particularly in amps, as you said. I think um, 
I think maybe some manufacturers or some brands, sorry, played it safe uh, in terms of in terms of maybe predicting that a lot of us would still be at home for for most of the year. I guess you're you're right in the in you know last year that felt like the big pandemic year almost, and when exactly. it came around to gear of the year, I you know that we actually still had a great selection because mm-hmm. I, I guess people still had stuff ready to go sort of thing. Yeah. But yeah. now that we're two years into it, this year we're really feeling it and. Mm. Oh yeah, I'll be honest, listener. I have never compiled as short a list. Normally, mm-hmm. we have to do. You know, Matt and I have to do a bit of an off the air culling. So we, you know, we'll go through the hundreds of products and we'll be like, "Well, this was fine, but do we want to waste airtime on it? We know it's not going through," and we had to sort of limit it down to you know the the top few things. This year, I do not have to do that because <laughs> there aren't enough products for me to 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 take anything out you know it's uh it's 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 yeah definitely well, definitely muted just mm-hmm. saying you know boss released 17 products this year so you know someone was well, keeping this is, busy <laughs> this is the hilarious well, absolutely, thing yeah nothing wrong with that was, thank you was, for your massive contribution to the list this <laughs> yeah and, and this was, and brand of the year boss of the year goes to boss for ultimately being the best through. boss I was flicking through and I was like, literally half of this is Fender and Boss. So I was like, oh, people are gonna, people are gonna scream murder, at, you know, the at, uh, at Jay and Matt's sort of constant uh, domination of uh, of the of the list of products. But no, there there have been, you know, there there have been, despite it being muted and despite maybe they're not being like that big game changing thing. I do think there have been some good bits and bobs. What do you guys think, uh, Matt? Uh, what products spring to mind for you that you think are going to be strong gear of the year contenders? Oh, I. <laughs> I'm I am sort of struggling in You can in say some boss things like I'm not No, I, I, I kind that. of I don't I don't necessarily want to say boss things. Um <laughs> I it, when we, with the Ibanez, the AZS, is that the one the AZES, the Azes. The Azes. Um I'm trying to think is that the one that looks like a Yeah, that's the one they do the AZS t- 2200 which is the one with the mini humbucker in the neck and the single coil in the bridge that oh the telly one you mean yeah yes, that's that, the yeah the azs yeah that is on my potential potential i want to buy this guitar next list um i think these i think they are absolutely superb i raved about them uh when they were announced at nam and i think this is great i think this is in some ways ibanez doing the more modern boutique uh, guitar that we're seeing um, from the likes of, uh, I guess, Sir and other brands, um, but I, I, I'm into it because you've got the George Benson Mini Magic humbucker in the neck. You've got a, a kind of brighter, uh, more rock and roll pickup in the bridge, um, and I just think that's a good all-round guitar for eighteen nine nine made in Japan. So for me, that's a real that's a real solid winner and a real contender that would potentially steal my heart, like the music man James Valentine would. I um mm. I'm I'm getting uh, an I uh, one of these uh, prestige AZSs uh, from the kind people at oh Headstock. <laughs> I almost forgot who 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 put who brings Ibanez into the UK there that would have been bad but uh, but Headstock is sending us one of these and actually the affordable AZES as well which is the 
sub 300 pound you know sort of more traditional fender strat style thing which i think i could potentially buy because i don't have a strat in my life at the moment and the build quality that ibanez tend to operate at even at the affordable prices fills me with confidence about how good this is going to be maybe an unusual gear of the year entry because it's an affordable guitar but i and they're simple like there's no special bells and whistles here there's no like baked maple or anything it's an affordable strap by ibanez i just think it's going to be one of those things when you play it it's going to punch so far above its weight that i'm going to be very excited by it so i'm looking forward to that but yes the azs their telly style guitar all the sort of baked maple the the sort of it's such an interesting unique version of a of a telly shape with those sort of modern appointments that ibanez mm. is so good at nailing whilst keeping mm-hmm. enough of that traditional look for me it is i i agree matt i think it's absolutely beautiful i think ibanez have well they've, they've been nailing it for years it's just they tend to not make stuff that's aesthetically for me and this absolutely is so yeah the yeah. azs the prestige that's- version looks like a it's like a, a real contender. I'm I'm excited about seeing it. Um, what about you, Naomi? What, you know, what do you think? Maybe on the on the you know, actually, whatever you want, whatever product you think. I, so I, I can talk about whatever I want. So oh yes, yeah, sorry, I was going to say, I was going to say, maybe just maybe we'll just talk about guitars. But then I thought, you know, oh just, no, sure. Know. Well, um, well, I first off to really rock the boat. I'd like to completely agree about the Ibanez AZS. Um, I think. Yeah, I, I just want to add, I suppose, to to what you guys have been saying. They, like, you know, it's one thing to it's one thing to artfully dodge the obvious factors of of classic body shapes like like Telly and Strap, but I think Ibanez have just done an absolutely a one job of doing it stylishly, um, almost to the same level that I would say, um, you know, Reverend do in their sort of like. Mm play on on classic body shapes and styles yeah. um so yeah again that one is one that really struck me um i am um, i don't know about base specific but i do think the boss sy200 is absolutely right up there for me um having got the sy1 last year um the 200 is yeah just absolutely welcome um, a welcome step up from it in terms of all things function and for anyone who like myself got really into the sounds on the SY1 mm. uh, the 200 is a big one for me this year yeah I yeah. um, I, yeah if you're into that I've been uh, messing around with the 200 quite a lot at the moment the mm-hmm. SY200 and I'm like yeah for for, for doing sort of like ethereal pads and lots of things as well that you can kind of take the sy1 to the next level um Mm -hmm. i think it's it's really really good really really good and and at first i thought it was one of those things that it's a great pedal and obviously i love everything that we release um but instantly it's kind of a bit quirky and you're like oh am i really going to use this am i really going to use this and then like the more you use it the more you're like I'm getting a lot of really good sounds out of this that I could definitely find a place for. Um, so yeah, the, the SY200 really just takes the SY1 up a notch, which I think is much needed, especially if you want to save things like presets. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah, yeah, saving, and also I think the the interface on it is just really 
yeah, just really, really nice to use. Um, super simple. Kind of reminds me, for anyone who has used a microcorg in their time, just that... Oh, um, what a legendary bit of gear. What a Yeah, just oh, that really... That really nice functional user interface of having your um, having your main categories uh, hard printed and then everything beyond that basically being being parameters within. So basically, what I'm saying is that you don't have to go just on your screen into menu after menu after menu. You have it, your you have your main sections there. Is solid. something is something that could be considered um, almost dated by Boss is mm-hmm. their sort of mm-hmm. commitment to like to yeah to printed categories and rotary controls but i love that they're sticking with it and not just you know committing everything behind you know constant uh constant screens where you're scrolling through things yeah. it's just it actually makes it work live you know it makes I, it usable exactly live it. rather than yeah. just in your bedroom and yeah i, I yeah. think it, i agree a great product all the 200 series for me like i i feel like 200 is where boss have absolutely nailed it 500 is expensive and premium not that that's a bad mm. thing but a specific type of person is spending that sort of money on the 500s and they're you know they're big and then the stomp boxes fine they are exactly what they say on the tin but when you think about like the way pedals are going uh, um and just just how people are using effects and the type of new effects that are coming out, 200 seems bang on the money. Probably the same footprint as a stomp box because it's top-mounted controls. All of them seem to be sensible in a nice mix of rotary controls and sort of menu hopping. You have the screen, which is helpful. They've all got presets. They're all MIDI compatible. They're just, yeah, they're all very good. But uh, but yes, the SY200. Agree, 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 agree. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot to forgot to agree there. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's quite a ride. Um, but yeah, yeah, there's a you know good 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 suggestions. Obviously, you know, it, is anyone even aware of any apps that have come out this year? You know, the the Harmony Series Six, the Orange Super Crush, the Tone Masters. Yeah, I mean, the Tone Master Super Reverb was a big one for me um, because the Super Reverb is such a superb amp, and it's a bit of. Uh, I guess it has a bit of unobtainium to it. Like most people aren't going to ever play a Super Reverb or hear one. Yeah. Um, and I think being able to offer that in something that I wouldn't say is a, is necessarily affordable. I guess in 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 a way it's you know fifteen hundred pounds, but in the way that it's accessible to more people to bring that sound in a, to more people in a way that you can attenuate it. Um, and it's much lighter and easier to carry. Um, for people who have always wanted a Super Reverb but don't want to end up with a broken back or all the maintenance of just <laughs> having one of those amps, I think it's really good. you know. And uh, bring on the Fender Super 6, the 6x10. Um, you know, I guess it would just be a bit ridiculous at that point. But yeah, I, I'm excited about that. I'm excited about Fender's entire catalogue coming out in this format. Yeah, I think um, it's... Um, it's a step forward that all manufacturers ultimately need to take because I was having an interesting conversation about this the other day that there's only, what, two valve manufacturers left in the world, I think. I think there's like one factory in China and one factory in Russia. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's a dying thing, you know. Yeah. It's only used in, like, audio equipment. Uh, hi-fis and, and amplifiers 
and uh, kind of a bit like I think we were saying last week with the BBD chips. You know, it's a very niche market, you know, for a factory to make that product, probably not making a huge amount of money on it and selling it to a very small market. Um, I guess in some ways, a bit like the electric car. <laughs> is that everyone's like oh i don't want an electric car and now everyone's like okay now they've progressed somewhat maybe i do want an electric car and they're very easy to use and they save me money um i think more brands are going to start doing that i agree i agree yeah and and you know the thing about fender is if fender do it i'm pretty sure everyone else will follow suit so you know we'll see we'll watch this space over the next years but i'm excited yeah i think um we we spoke about it before, but we there's a lot of guitar players now that have probably never plugged into a real amp. You know, have probably never plugged into a valve amp. Have just used plugins. Have just used solid state amps. Have just used multi effects into a flat response monitor. So you know, trying to sell the kind of the vintage amp dream to guitarists who are probably like fourteen, fifteen you know, maybe even older, they're just like, that's not something I aspire to because my heroes don't use that. No. You know, a lot of these people we see on Instagram, they're not raving about the amp they're using. You know, the guitar is still a very, very important part, but most people are just like, yeah, I'm plugged into neural DSP. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. yeah, absolutely. And no, I, think, no, such- I think even you've got what, Pliny's got a bass plug-in now and he's like, yeah, I've just like modelled my bass player sound for a guitar player. You know, it's just like, it's it's a totally different thing now. Totally, totally different thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, well, we will see. We'll see how it goes. But yeah, I, I, you know, I totally agree. I think we're going to, hopefully, that's it's not going to be as, uh, um, as, as, as sad as that sounds. So, you know, hopefully it's going to be exciting and lead on to new, more exciting equipment. I'm certainly... I, I think what you say about the super reverb is is really the thing for me. It's like no, I would never ever dream of having bought a super reverb, but a tone master super reverb. The price is obtainable. It's not going to be ridiculous. I can actually use it live. I can actually transport it. It's actually reliable. The volume control works, you know, and I can record with it at home easily. You know, it's. These are all these are all ticks. These are big ticks. So I you know, I'm excited about more unobtainable stuff becoming obtainable because of this technology. Um anyway, anyway, you know more you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna opt in with my gear of the year thing. I obviously don't wanna turn this into a gear of the year podcast, but I wanna opt in with a couple of things. You know, I keep coming back to the um the solid gold effects imperial fuzz. Um you know, I feel like it's been a bit of the, a year of fuzzes because you know the ja- that Jackson Audio fuzz, oh, the modular fuzz, the modular fuzz that was exciting. Yes. It mm-hmm. was exciting, and I haven't tried the other the other modules. Actually, that's something that I should do. But for me, the the solid gold Imperial fuzz with its just simple four faders, no mm-hmm. nonsense. I just thought, and it's so it was so versatile. It did everything. It did. It did like big muff fuzz, fuzz right up to sort of like super gated, glitchy fuzz factory fuzz, all with just, you know, relocating four faders in different orders. There, it seemed to be one of those pedals where I messed around with it and it didn't matter where I put everything. And, and like, I mean, like at full or at zero, there was always a sound there. You know, there was always something interesting and usable. Um, so kind of as a creative tool, I just thought it was amazing. And 
fuzz isn't especially something i'd normally get behind but i was if i want to if i'm gonna think about 2021 and the things that i've tried out and what thing i have had the most fun with that that imperial fuzz is uh it's pretty high on the on the list you know i thought it was i thought it was wonderful which is another great reason that i need to get hold of one of those moore gtr guitars because oh, the gtr the gtr again the it was the uh, the 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 Moore Strat that had uh, all the effects built into it. Oh yeah, oh, and uh, yeah, they're they're like four hundred pounds. Mm-hmm. You can get them in shell pink. Uh, you know what? what what's not? Sorry, sold. You don't need any more than that. No, you don't. You don't, <laughs> yeah. don't, you don't, you don't need to keep going through the specs. You've said the two things that I wanted. Matt's just paid for his. Yeah, actually. Yeah, in the time it took you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I am ashamed to say I forgot about those. Um, oh, well. I yeah. mean, they, this is because they, you know, they they never really hit the shops properly, did they? And mm, they didn't mm-hmm. they didn't have any a special press. No one really. It was only to be honest. I only remembered them when I was going back through old like podcast notes from the year of of, of all the things that I put in the news, and I saw the Moore GTOs. I was like, ah, oh, this sounds like the sort of dark horse that should be in our gear of the year. Yeah, but, absolutely. You know. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm struggling to find any in stock, sadly. No. And yeah, I mean that's that's one of the other tough things about this year is never mind releases, but obviously oh. keeping hold of stock while while the world has shut down at various times and various mm. areas hasn't made things much easier. Um just to go back to the Imperial Fuzz for two seconds, I think on visuals and design alone, I think that is really high up for me for Gear of the Year. Yeah. Um, I think it's the the faders and no knob design is um is not something I've really seen before, and I'm an absolutely huge fan of yeah. that simplicity. I think it looks really sharp. I think it looks a little different on the pedal board. Um, I don't even mind that it would take up more space than I'd ideally like it to. No, no. It's sort of I don't mean to so... sound overly visual because I think it sounds no, no. it's an it's an awesome sounding fuzz as well. Yeah, but um. Yeah, and a true winner always for me um, in my mind for gear of the year is something that has stepped a little off the path design wise. Yeah, yeah. I, um, sorry, 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 you go. Man. No, you you said of obviously a bit of like a fuzzy, like distorted year, and then I was just like, while you were talking, now I was like, oh yeah, we, we need to put like HM two and then FZ one W, and then I was like, and then mm-hmm. we also had like anniversary Metal Zone and <laughs> Super yeah. Overdrive, and I'm like really has been even for me a very distorted um yeah. a very distorted year it's quite interesting to see lots of brands doing same similar kma similar guardian of the worm yeah see the guardian of the worm still one of the like i think one of the best selling pedals out of toman at the moment you know for a, a 300 pound distortion but another pedal that blended up faders and uh well it blended up faders and and knob controls rather than just the straight straight faders that you get on the solid gold but but yeah, they, it just feels like there have been a lot of great drivey things that have come out, you know, or fuzzy, distorted things that have come out. Strong year. Yeah. Yeah, those definitely. Good. Benson did a fuzz. They did, yeah. Yeah, they had the germanium fuzz with the um, auto-biasing. Um, so you could pop it in your fridge and grab out your nice ice-cool pedal and it would it would auto-bias itself so you'd never get a, a crappy-sounding fuzz. Um, Even better. So there we go. But yeah, no, an interesting. It, I think pedals, again, lots of small companies doing lots of small things, you know, with 
with the pedal industry. Uh, guitars, I guess, guitars take a more sizable investment because of the size of the factory and the output. And I guess with amps as as well, you know, those things are not easily shipped those things need to be shipped generally by Mm -hmm. ocean um which takes more time and obviously you need to have container falls where you know a smaller company can do a run of pedals and maybe ship stuff by uh by land and obviously that makes it or or by air which makes a a, maybe a bit of a difference for getting things out and to the uh to the general public so i think we've always seen a heavy effects year every every year but definitely lighter on the guitar side this year, mm. I've seen that. You know, I think there was a lot of excitement around Nam, and then I think, as you said earlier, Naomi, lots of brands have probably cooled down somewhat. And I think now this year, we've probably felt yeah. the effects of the last eighteen months in every industry, not just the MI industry, but every industry. Um, you know, recently, so you know, as they're saying, Christmas, get your PlayStation now because you're not going to get it for you're not going to get it for Christmas. And I think that's that's the thing worldwide yeah. i think everyone has mm-hmm. slowed down on launching products because everyone's just a bit uncertain what's going to happen in the next six months or so i guess and no nam yeah. in january so you know will we still see stuff in january next year or you know are we going to be looking forward to the summer instead yeah well, Th- this is this is exactly the kind of thing that can shift you know shift uh I don't know, seasons, I suppose, entirely in terms of things like product, like, um, you know, like wartime would have sort of altered um, certain supply chains almost almost permanently in the past. Mm. Um, we might we might begin to see similar things like perhaps perhaps January uh, may be replaced by by late spring, by summer for um, for releases. So it'll be interesting to see how it pans out. Well, um, I feel like a sport pundit being like, it'll be interesting to see now. Yeah, it'll be I, interesting I to see now how it pans out. But it will. I am interested. Yeah, I think one person that some, one, uh, one thing that someone was talking to me about was obviously from a brand perspective, you know, we, you know, uh, I would go to Nam uh, as part of Boss and you would talk, you would launch mm-hmm. lots of product and you would maybe show some product that's going to come off later in the year. So, yeah, I think mm-hmm. Ibanez are a great example of that. It's like, here's everything we're going to make in 2021 or, but none of it turns up until the summer. But obviously they're at Nam, all their key dealers are there. They're building orders and going, right, we're going to launch this AZS and we're going to do a, th- yeah. we're going to sell 5,000 pieces because this dealer has ordered this and this dealer's ordered that and then they'll be ready for the summer. But that not happening in January means that they're going to launch that stuff potentially in, in the summer mm-hmm. and then like that stock might not arrive until Christmas. So yeah, like this it's is, totally we're, we're, sort of changed things. We are moving. Yeah. Mm. Everything is moving. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you, 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 oh, we know from years past that all music men have to do for example, to win gear of the year is release something. You know, that's that yeah. seems to be it. They will probably win. We love them. We love everything they do. But the only thing, the only they, they've released no new guitars this year, and the only new guitar they've actually released is a, the the eight string fan fret John Petrucci, which somehow I can't see. Uh, you know, having strong sort of support um, from the guitar nerds host. <laughs> So, you know, for the first year ever, I'm almost like, you know, I don't I don't know what's going to happen now without without Music Man almost having won before the race has even started. Yeah, Yeah, well, (laughs) I guess we'll just wait and see. see. But yeah, no, it's going to be an interesting year of the year this year and it'll be an interesting start 
to next year, I feel as yes. well. Yes, mm, indeed, indeed, indeed. Now, Matt Knight, you've uh, you've been building <laughs> a new pedal board. <laughs> I have indeed, and uh, I guess actually you could, in some ways, call it the gear of the year, boss gear of the year pedal board. Um, I've been building basically a boss demonstration uh, board for use in potential doing some potential live streams. Um, you know, dare I say, going back out on the road and, uh, you know, seeing people and shaking hands and having a few boss pedals in tow set up and, and ready to go. And, um, as do often when I build pedal boards, get inspired, uh, when I'm out for a run or walk going, I should build a pedal board with this and this. And then, you know, it's like Lego. You think, how can I put everything together? And, um, so I've got a boss BCB 1000, which is our kind of like mini flight case, suitcase oh, pedal it's board. So good. It's got wheels it's and everything, wheels and a handle and everything. Um, and I was like, right, okay. I need to put some boss pedals on here. So I, I've got SY200, GT1000 core, uh, FZ1W, DM2W, and a RV6 as well as a couple of controller pedals for the GT Core, including uh, another release this year, which was our EV1 WL, which is our wireless... Wait, what's that? That was in the summer. That's oh, our wireless yes. MIDI foot controller, which was launched to pair with the guitar, but it's also a MIDI expression pedal. Um, so it's got a MIDI output, um, so you can plug it into other pedals and control things via MIDI. And this is where the idea started about, okay, what, what sort of interesting things can I do to show off the, um, the sort of various pedals? So this is how I'm currently running it, and I'm having a, loads of fun ru- running it this way. So guitar into the SY200, and then the effect... Really? First, first thing? First thing, SY200. So guitar, SY200. Effects loop of the SY200. GT1000 core. <laughs> and then... Whoa, in the loops okay. of the GT1000 core, the FZ1 and the DM2. So it's getting a bit Inception, right? It's getting a bit Inception. And obviously the way that you use the effects loop on the SY is you send into the input of the GT and then from the output into the return. And then obviously the re- you've then got the output of the SY200. Now, this is where it gets clever because you can split the inputs on the gt1000 oh sorry you can split the outputs of the gt1000 core so inside the gt1000 core you can kind of create like a wet dry like a dual mono where your effects only go to one output so what i've done is i've created a dry output shall we say um that you use for the sy200 and then the wet output with all the effects runs out into the left output which is the output you're not using and then running that into two amps means that you've got an SY200 going into one amp completely unaffected. And then you can have a non-synth sound, but all your normal guitar sounds still going into um, into another amp, uh, which is very cool. So you can still run things like distortions in parallel with the SY, but you can actually then use yes, a volume a control um, to to flick the two volumes which is very very cool um 
So yeah, I love the sound of this setup. Yeah, you're and then complete, you're completely uh, avoiding avoiding the very obvious mud traps. Yeah, that's that was kind of that was kind of the 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 feeling. But then I was like, oh, but then you've got a very very dry SY two hundred in some ways, and that you know that that synth pedal needs a bit of reverb and delay, and that was where I was getting issues because I was like, if I run it all in series. If I'm holding a note on the SY200, for example, mm-hmm. if it's at the front of the chain and then you put a distortion on, you've distorted all of that like note that you're holding. If you put it at the end of the chain, you're not capturing some of the other things that you're doing. So what, I've, what I do is I take the output of the SY200, the, the dry output, if you will, and run it into an RV6. And then that's on all the time. And that kind of just softens the the SY, and then you've got the other output, which gives you all of the kind of delay effects and whatnot. So, yeah, it's kind of complicated in in some ways. Um, and to make it more complicated, I decided to use the <laughs> the EV1 WL wireless foot controller. And the reason I'm using this instead of a normal expression pedal, and maybe this is one for you, Joe, using a GT1000 Core, is that it allows you to send. Uh, rather than an expression pedal, which would just be one thing, just up or down, this allows yeah. you to send uh, an, a you know a MIDI function when the pedal expression pedal is off, when the expression pedal is on, and there's a toe switch. So, for example, I can use it for volume, but then when I click the toe switch, it might turn on delay. And then the expression pedal will control the delay repeats, for example. And you can do all of that from one foot controller. So one patch that I have very handy. one patch I have set up controls the volume of the guitar, the dry guitar and the synth pedal. And then when you click it on, it holds the synth sound and then the expression oh. pedal becomes the filter control. So oh, um yeah. Yeah, you, MIDI. MIDI is a wonderful thing. And when you learn how to harness it, it really does uh, allow you to like kick things up a, a notch. So, yeah, it's kind of like there's loads of things going on. But ultimately, when you hear it, you're like, yep, that was well worth the six hours of hair-pulling programming for that one patch. <laughs> um, you know, but this is what we're here for. We're here to get people excited about the sounds that we hear. And I, I, I started to record a short video that i'm going to post on the facebook group like i said i I want to do want to do some live streams on some boss stuff i'm always passionate about obviously as you know boss gear and and it'd be cool to do a few q a sessions in the um in the guitar nerds group i think and and talk about some boss stuff so very keen to do that definitely very keen to do that definitely that that's kind of the thing about a lot of this stuff a lot of the new stuff the digital stuff the 200s the 500s the gt is that there are boss are really thinking with a midi head on and we've always said there is a learning curve with midi bus but once you get there there's so much you can do with it um and you can turn sort of you know you could you can make these units that will do absolutely anything and yeah I, I love this. I love this expression pedal idea. I think, um, um, yeah, I think it's just what I've always found is it's just about, you know, you could say to someone, oh, GT1000 core is great because it's got like 15 amp models and loads of effects, but you only have to hear one cool practical example that like speaks to you to go, cool, I can do something with that. And that's what I always try and do when I build like pedal boards or 
do demonstrations is pick out like one or two key sounds that someone goes i'm totally sold it's like you were saying about you know the solid gold effects fuzz or anything like that you just kind of you know you could talk all about oh it's got this transistors and you know the circuit's like this and it's based on this but you just have to hear it and hear one practical example that speaks to you to go i'm yeah i'm sold and it's so difficult the more complicated a product gets the more difficult it is to like pull that out because people want to do different things in lots of different ways and that's why i try and Mm -hmm. create lots of different mini ideas that are kind of like bits of inspiration for people to kind of go oh yeah i didn't think about that or oh i should get one of those because it might allow me to do that and then you come up with your own ideas and you share it with other people and six pedal boards later you're going i've got too much stuff (laughs) what have i done what have i done I think I think there's a very common wall or yeah there's a there's a wall that an awful lot of people myself very much included can can hit which is when when you know you buy a very comprehensive piece of gear um yeah that you that you don't quite complete the curve of really getting to know the gear you kind of you you know you it, it's like dipping your toe in the water versus jumping in mm. and I think exactly what you're describing which is sort of multiple uses or like multiple scenarios where you might want to do different stuff I think um I think that's really really important to get across with uh you know multi-purpose or or more comprehensive pedals and and any bit of gear yeah I think yeah you, Sorry, Joe. I was just going to say. Well, I, I guess oh. I guess what I'm what I'm trying to get at is it it can be very very easy that uh, that you can fall at the first hurdle. You know, you heard one demo where you know you thought, God, that sounds absolutely awesome, and you get it and you get it out the box and you set it up for yourself. And um, yeah, basically, if you don't click instantly with it, I think it can be really hard to um, mm. to convince yourself of sticking with it till till you kind of really get to know the get yeah, to know the pedal yeah, totally but you know also you're going to be that that product is going to be competing with other things that you already have that you've maybe used for years and you know inside yeah, out and it's, exactly it, yeah it's I, I feel very much like this like you know matt I got, I got you know i got you to put me in touch with the people at boss and i really tried to sort of get my head around the the gt1000 chord before tour and i was sort of planning a, a board all around it and it came to sort of tour and i was like playing some new songs that i wasn't 100 percent sure on i'm gonna take i'm gonna use my board that's built around the ms3 because i know this pedal i know every situation that i might need to change something i know my way around it completely and so i went back to to that and i feel like the ms3 always wins for me because i know everything on it and exactly how to use it and i have you know hundreds of pre-built presets on there for every possible situation i, re- I really want to sit down with the gt1000 core you know for, for for a long time and and get to know that inside out because it it does have more stuff it is more versatile and i'm, I'm not getting the most out of it yet because i'm still you know still relying on the old stuff i think that's you know coming this this coming from me the man the man who has uh currently sitting next to him four different pedal boards um i've really i think as of recently and kind of diving into more about what i do in my normal day to day which is just learning products through and through and and you know helping them complete their their life cycle um it's just really learning the gear that you've got 
and obviously I've definitely not lived by that for the last 20 years <laughs> because I'm constantly buying new stuff. But I found more joy in the last few months about just having a really small pedal board with a couple of few choice bits of kit and like really learning how to use them. Um, and I've been like, oh, there's loads. I can get so much out of the GT1000 core that I've spent years trying to get out of like much bigger pedal boards. And of course, there's things like the hologram electronics microcosm and stuff and all of the weird and wacky things out there that, you know, Chase Bliss Mood, all of that. The Zoya. Yeah, like the Zoya. The stuff that you yeah. just, you're not going to get out of a Helix or a GT1000 Core or even like a Quad Cortex. You know, there are some really unique bits of kit. Um, but I've definitely really enjoyed having just one bit and going, right, I'm going to learn how to use this really deeply because as you do, loads of cool ideas start to come out of that that one small piece of piece of kit. Um, and yeah, I guess, you know, then I've done with this pedal board, on to the next one. And so often I've changed pedal boards around so much, I've never like honed in on like a, a pedal board as an instrument, you know, and getting all the sounds out of it that you can. Um, and that's kind of the next the next thing for me. I think is going right. Pedal board's done. Don't change anything. Learn how to use it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, yes. That that is. Well, that's uh... what I'm saying right now. We'll we'll see. Um, <laughs> we'll see. But uh, yeah, that that's that's uh, that's certainly my next thing. Is just like learn every bit of gear that you've got through and through. You know, that, don't that's, don't, uh, that's, that, that, don't judge it on like one week's worth of playtime because more things will happen. Unless it's like a three knobbed fuzz, then I'm pretty sure after about a week of you going, it doesn't sound very good. It's probably not for you. <laughs> yes, yeah, very true, very true. Well, that that is uh, actually all the time we have this week, dear listener, on the podcast. You can, of course, join us over on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds for an entire extra episode. You can become a Patreon supporter for as little as a dollar a month. Dollar gets you this episode ad-free and early every week. Five dollars gets you access to the Patreon special episodes and our entire back catalogue and ten dollars gets you the lot plus i'll sing you my thanks at the end of every episode i wonder if it should be songs still for season three or if i should change it do something else again uh, i don't know we, we, this, think of that another time anyway you can find us on all your favorite social media platforms and join the guitar nets group on facebook to get involved in our weekly episode discussion thanks for listening you've been lovely we've been the guitar nets farewell bye-bye goodbye Davis and Daniel Walker, Ben Harder and Throwing Brown, Holly Simpson and John Cutaway, Eric Vaughan and Russell Ealing, Robert Gitterners, Hunter Beggars, Patriotic and Frank Guitarists, you are, yeah. Oh, Drew and Ty Allen, Yogi the Guitarist and Kyle Harris, oh cloud lifter Joe Hobart's on Hughes, Brian Hansen, Shane and Eric Hepper, Jimmy Wax and Samuel Frost, Brian Himes, Gavin Vanderlinden, Andy Badley, Robert Butterworth, Scott Arting, Marcus Al, Karawaki, Simon Milborn, you are the guitar, yes, Tim Dalek,
Robson and Christian Lund Hansen, Keith Adams and Eric File, Joe Puttick, Jack Cutmore, James Dore, Abe Matthews, Ken Sayers, Old Kai to be at the band and John Anglin, Ross Edwards, Nate Nagel and Stephen Burke, Aaron Sherman and Dave Lee, Jake Gray and Scott Kennedy, Christopher Lowser, Ben Wyler, Derek When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money. 